Welcome back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory Podcast. This is your co-host, John Duncan, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Darian Smith. Darian, Yo. How's, it, how's it going, man? You doing all right? Yeah, man, not not sick anymore. Um, I feel like I can talk and think clearly, so we're good. having a good day here. Good. Well, guys, with this week, this Thursday being Thanksgiving, we just want to wish all of our Blazer Victory Podcast listeners a happy Thanksgiving, whether you're listening to us in the car right now, driving to a family function or driving to a friend's house or, or just listening on your you know phone while working out. We just want to thank you so much for just helping the Blazer Victory Podcast be so successful. And also, y'all know I got to do a merch plug. So for one week only through, Cy- through the end of Cyber Monday, next Monday, so through Tuesday, we have marked our Blazer Victory Podcast hoodies at a discount. And you can go to storefrontier.com slash blazerpod or just click the link in your podcast description and that will take you right there. We've marked them down $5 for one mm. week only. So hopefully we can get a couple of you guys or gals uh, to buy a hoodie or two and help rep the show and support us. Yeah, man. In this, in this uh, economy filled with inflation. Yes. We have been able to knock that down $5. You know, you know, round of applause for John for that humanitarian, <laughs> you know, that humanitarian effort right there. But, um, yeah, man, we 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 would really appreciate the support um, because I think having a hoodie on and you walking around with it, I think it's just the people seeing it and being able to, oh, what's that? You know, Blazer Victory podcast, and um, they might they might not even say anything to you, and they might just want to check it out, especially if they're interested in the Blazer. So mm-hmm. I think it's a very uh kind of grassroots way to help the podcast. So if you can, we would love 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 that. Definitely. And I wish that I could have marked down the shirts as well, but we've got those as low as like we can't go to where we can <laughs> money. So we've got the shirts still at $20, but definitely get you a white, gray, or black, or all the above Blazer Victory podcast logo hoodie at just $30 for one week only. So again, go to storefrontier.com slash blazer pod or just click the link in your podcast description. Now that we got that out of the way, Darian, uh, there was a game in Baton Rouge uh, mm-hmm. this Saturday night. And honestly, you know, I was able to attend the game. Um, the first quarter was pretty good. Uh, outside of that, uh, it it wasn't yeah. as good. Um, but you know what? I, I got to give BV a lot of credit, Brock Vincent. You know, I, I thought the game plan was good, especially on the offensive side of the ball when we came out, you know, not just running it down their throat. Um, well, I mean, I guess we couldn't run it down the the whole game. But, I mean, we were, you know, doing slant passes. We were doing a tight end slip out. You know, we were doing some great stuff. And Dylan was on point, really, that first half. And then the second half, I, I still thought it was a well-called game on the offensive side of the ball, but just couldn't make the catches and, I guess, couldn't – just couldn't execute. I, I think that's the big word. You know, we just couldn't execute. And let's face it, LSU's number six for a reason. Beat us 41 mm-hmm. to 10. I mean, I, I don't know if I've seen our defense look that bad since the Georgia game last year. But then again, I mean, you know, they've just got dudes on, on Jaden Daniels. I mean, uh, I mean, neighbors. I mean, they've just got some dudes on there. And, you know, I, I know we said one of these days UAB is going to be competitive in a Power 5 game. I feel it. And I can promise Blazer fans. Fans that one day we will be competitive in a power five game, but let's be real. Hey, we got that paycheck. 
let's move on to Rustin and try to get bowl eligible. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's Power Five game is a uh, Boston College. Yeah, I think we can probably beat Boston Boston College. You know, <laughs> right. Like that, you know, but I mean, this LSU team. I mean, God, I mean, they were just really good on offense, and I think they had too many options of too many things they could do. They had so much speed at receiver. They had speed and accuracy at quarterback. They had physicality at the offensive lineman and they had running backs that was physical as well. Um they executed well. I mean their team with playoff championship aspirations. Um we are we all know what they are on defense. So we don't even have to go to that. And then um you know, I think BV did call a good game. I was just looking at process over results that game, to be honest. And I was, and I was good. Yeah. It was good to see us show that trust in Dylan. It was good to see him execute against that talent. It was good to see the offensive line um, hold up a lot. You know, they did. Um, I think Sydney Wells and, did. and only two false starts too. I think only oh. two. So hey, yeah, and I think those two false starts. You know, they kind of, in the first half, they killed those drives, but it was only two of them. We've been plagued with them all year, you know, right. so um, it was a it was a well-called game. Um, it was good getting the tight end involved early. It was good just mixing it up and not depending, not just trying to force the run um, when we have a good quarterback. I mean, we, we weren't going to be able to run against LSU like that. I don't know why people was complaining, like, right. Now, this isn't this isn't you know a CUSA team. This is one of the best rush defense. This probably this is the best rush defense we played all year. We weren't we weren't running for over a hundred on them. That just wasn't going to happen. But we caught them off guard. We was able to get some some good passes in, get some good experiences, uh, good experience for some young receivers like Fred Ferrier and um and, and Brody Dalton and a lot of guys that was going to be back next year. Um, Dallas so, Payne too, yeah. Dallas Payne, like we got, we got some good experience against some good talent, a good, a good will coach, playoff team, you know. So, I'm not, I'm not mad at that game. Our tempo again was good, you know. I just, I think, I think we competed. I, I, I am. This is the first game I was a little disappointed in. They, you know, they, uh, Coach Reeves, yeah. because I felt like we were too vanilla. I was like, we're not giving our chance our defense a chance. Like, we can't play them like we play freaking Middle Tennessee. Like, let's take chances. If we're going to get beat, man, if they're going to bomb us for 75 yards or something, let them. But, shoot, send some pressure. Like, we're going to try. Let's try. But, like, lining up, playing them vanilla, mm-hmm. we just asking to get beat. We got to – I felt like we should have tried to scheme away to have an advantage on defense. I'm not a defensive coordinator. He probably was just trying to drag it out to the fourth quarter. Let's just see if we can, you know, slow them down and at least make them work for it, not just score, score, score like they did in Georgia. So I, I get it to a degree. So, yeah, hey, man, it came and went. Here we are. Definitely. And, hey, I mean, you know, 41 to 10, I mean, it. I guess, you know, it was it was a loss, um, but I, I don't think uh, LSU beat UAB as bad as I think New Orleans beat me after Friday night. So, ah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, for a minute, I was like, am I going to be able to drive over to Baton Rouge? And get this? <laughs> but, hey, I was there. Weather was awful. I mean, I don't know how it looked on TV, but it was cold. It was just raining off and on, off and on. It was, it was pretty miserable. Um, So, 
Um, but I, I still enjoyed Baton Rouge. Um, you know, Tiger yeah. Stadium was awesome, even though it was only half filled up, I guess, because LSU fans didn't want to be there either. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, definitely uh, just another Power Five. Get the paycheck and move on. And, guys, in a few minutes, we will roll our interview that we had with Evan Spencer from Go Tech, Please Don't Die and Bleed Tech Blue. Give Evan a follow on Twitter at Evan R. Spencer and give GoTech Please Don't Die a follow at GoTech, P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Uh, I should be able to go on their podcast to discuss UAB, I believe, Tuesday evening. So they'll probably have that up Wednesday sometime, was there Thursday. Um, but definitely go give them a listen to see what they have to say about uh, previewing the UAB-Louisiana Tech matchup. But I guess, Darian, we can go ahead and uh, – preview law tech a little bit you know well, that was a great interview that we had with evan so we're not going to say a whole lot because he goes over a lot of information in the interview um but i mean let's face it and this is something evan even said this is not a good louisiana tech team they're coming into this matchup three and eight two and five in conference usa play um this game will be saturday i guess i should have started up this saturday at 2 30 p.m central time this will be televised on cbs sports network um, but I mean, he, Vegas thinks this is going to be an ugly game as well. As right now, UAB is favored by 17 and a half points. I mean, this this Louisiana Tech team, Darian, on the defensive side of the ball, they're giving up over 228 rush yards per game. Yikes! So you know, Debo and Skull are licking their chops right now, heading into this game. Yeah, this and, is the, this is the game we want to be like. We don't want all the stuff that we was pining for. Like, oh, let's mix it up. Nah, run the ball, play action. You know, we need to be that that team. Just just with faster tempo. That's it. Like the tempo that we've been going at and none of the penalties. So if we be the regular UAB team that we can be, like, you know, we run it, you know, and they keep, you know, they bring pressure or whatever, and we just bum it on them because we can throw the ball. Now, I feel yeah. like we can. But, uh, yeah, we just run the ball on them, man. Let Debo and school go crazy, man. 200 yards each, you know, you know, like. Yes. And, um, you know, I know we on the road. We ain't we, we haven't won on the road, so we still have to prove that. But this isn't early on in the season, UAB. This is a, a well season. And uh, we've seen all the games the past, what, five games or so? Four or five yep. games we've uh, seen a lot of more – better rhythm on offense, especially with the coaching staff. And, um, yeah, man, I, I'm expecting us to win big. Yeah, me too. And I will get into those predictions in just a minute or two. But, I mean, LaTeX, you know, I mentioned they're 3-8. and eight. They have not won on the road this year, just like UAB. UAB's 0-5 on the road. LaTeX is 3-1 and one at home. And in those three wins, they forced three or more turnovers in those games. So, Basically, the key to the game is just what Darian just said, get Debo and school going, mix up play calling to allow Dylan Hopkins to be able to get some good good throws and get get the wide receivers and written tight ends in rhythm. But, I mean, real key is just do not turn the ball over. And, hey, even go, looking at LSU, Darian, they didn't turn over one time against LSU. Exactly. I think that was a key thing. Uh, gets all this speed on defense, Harold Perkins and – Ojalari that that rush that uh pass rush we held up well. Kadeem Telford did w- really well that game at left tackle. I think he proved some scouts he could you know play on that level. Um, but yeah, we we didn't have no turnovers. Um, 
you know, for for the personnel and talent disadvantage, Dylan made good decisions. He didn't he didn't put us in bad positions. Our running backs held on to the ball. We played like that. If we take that mindset, just flip the passing and the running, like more running instead of passing in this game, we I mean, I think we should win big. Yeah. And I mean, it's either gonna be a UAB like blows out LaTeX or UAB just straight up loses. Like I, I don't like UAB has more you know, motivation going into this game to try to get to that six win to be bowl eligible. LaTeX is already not eligible for a bowl. You know, they're three and eight. The best they can do is four and eight. So they will be packing up their season regardless, win or lose this this next game. But UAB's got something to play for. And that's something that you know, Monday morning in uh, Coach Vincent's uh, press conference, weekly press conference. I mean, you know, Sidney Wells came up to the stand, <clears throat> excuse me, and said, you know, that, that he wants to play for a bowl game. You know, these these seniors that have fought their butts off, you know, for this program, like they want to go out, you know, one more game and go out in style. And I think, you know, BV and the team deserves it. So I just hope that, you know, the team shows up focused and ready for a battle because let's face it, Law Tech, and UAB, I don't know if they're quote unquote rivals, but I mean these games are always close, and they they do get chippy. So I yeah. expect La Tech to show up early or early on at least. Right, you're right. Yeah, they're gonna. They, I mean, they're football players at the end of the day. You know, I cut all cut all of that other stuff out. Like, if you're a football player, you come in to just play football. I mean, I say it all the time. This stuff you do when you little kids, man. We've been doing this. Since yay high, so you're gonna come out there and you're gonna just say I'm better than you, let's play. That should be the internal driving force overall. But you know, uh, this when you get to this level, it becomes a, a business in a sense. You know, you got next year, you don't wanna tear ACL for what you know, you you already three and eight. I mean, like, hey, that's a young team over there. Um, I think we're more talented, we're more physical, we're older, more experienced. We are deeper. Um, yeah, I could see some of the young guys like, hey, man, I don't have anything to prove. I have a team that's coming back with experience for next year. Let's get this game over with so I can go party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. and, 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 and we have guys with pride. We have an interim head coach with pride. It's going to prove something. So, hey, and then we can go to the freaking Bahamas. You yeah, know, please. Uh, we can enjoy. We can go out with a boom. We can get some gifts. We can we can go out as a family unit. Unit, and I think this team, you know, they love each other. The players love each other. It's been disappointing, but we haven't been. We we aren't a bad team. We haven't had, you know, minus LSU. I mean, we haven't had a bad loss. We've been every game, so I fully expect us to come out there and and do our thing. And, and that and one word that Brian Vincent said during his press conference today, or you know Monday morning, that I really liked is fight. This team has a lot of fight. UAB does, and I mean, let's you know, yeah, like you just said, take out the LSU game. All of these other games, if just one player, two plays go go another way, I mean, UAB could be sitting at a completely different record right now, other than five and six. But I mean, this team has not quit on BV. They haven't quit on each other, so. I think that they'll be uh, ready to play. And let's let's just go ahead and get into our official score predictions. Uh, Darian, I have it UAB 49, Tech 17. Ooh, 49, that's a big number. I I'm, I put UAB <laughs> like a 41. UAB 41, Tech 14. 
Mm-hmm. Something up in that area. Um, should it should be you know forty one fourteen somewhere in there. I'm telling you though, but hey, if the team doesn't come out focused and LaTeX jumps up like fourteen nothing, I mean. Yeah, I mean, they way. almost beat Charlotte. I mean, we struggle with Charlotte at home. So, I mean, this is a team that got close with Charlotte. They have players. They got some ballers. They have a scheme to where they can dial it up and air it out on us. You know, we, we um, you know, D-Mac is hurt. We got a couple of injuries. Um, so, uh, hey, you know, who knows? We'll see. Definitely. Well, in just a few minutes, we'll roll our interview that we had with Evan um, Spencer from Go Tech, Please Don't Die. But I – Darren, I think it's uh, fair to our listeners if we just get into a little coaching talk um, with, you know, we still got this game, um, hopefully a bowl game, but let's let's just kind of talk about uh, the UAB football head coaching position and what we see or, you know, what we think. I mean, you know, I, I can tell you <laughs> straight up right now, I haven't heard anything in a couple weeks, so I don't even have anything, you know, other than what I think, you know, I, I mean, and honestly, if I did have, a good source. I, I wouldn't be giving it on a podcast. Now maybe if we had like a, a Patreon. If we had a Patreon, yeah, exclusive, maybe we would do that. And we'll we'll look at, we'll look into doing that in the future. But I, I just want to have a few minute conversation with you, Darian, about who we think are the would be good candidates for this uh, UAB job. As we said before, <clears throat> excuse me, it is a very attractive job, uh, especially in the Group of Five. UAB has really nice, uh, top notch facilities, a brand new stadium. Protector Stadium, UAB is heading into the American Conference next year, so you're going to be making a lot more money. You're going to having more TV exposure than you would uh, or that you've had previously in Conference USA. Um, so it's going to be an extremely attractive job. Um, and I'm sure, you know, Mark Ingram, our athletic director, has been working the phones uh, since, you know, Bill uh, Clark decided to retire um, all the way back in June. So he's had plenty of time. And I guess let's just discuss who we think would be good candidates. Uh, and, you know, obviously I think we do, and I think he deserves the right to be a candidate on this list. And that's Brian Vinson. I do think he deserves to be a candidate. This is something that, you know, Mark Ingram has said plenty of times, whether that's on with Tony Curry or on uh, various other platforms uh, or, you know, radio hits that, you know, no matter what was going to happen this year, he was going to consider uh, interim coach Brian Vincent a uh, candidate for the job. So I do seriously think that he is a candidate for this job. Now, getting BV, um, moving on from BV, I don't know how you feel personally and how listeners feel, um, but I could see uh, former Virginia Tech coach and former Memphis coach Justin Fuente being a real possibility. And I can see current Western Kentucky coach Tyson Helton as a real possibility. And I think both of those would, or all three of those that I mentioned, I think those would be good options. I don't think Dion's going to be coming. I've heard some UAB fans throw Dion Sanders' name around. I don't think he's going to be coming to UAB. Um, but what do you think, Darian? Just just let me know your thoughts. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll start off with BV first because I think the growth that BV has shown is is important context to this. Um, like I said, it's been a world's difference, like in just the tempo and the, the amount of mistakes that the team has done. Has has not committed right. in the second half of the season. There has been um, a very visual. You can see the team has played, especially on offense, has played much better. He he had to deal with a lot of things in the beginning. He had to. I think he just had to grow, and then dealing with D 
Dylan going down, you know, I think think probably, you know, probably the second worst loss or the worst loss I go back was the FAU game. Yes. Um, you would want to see with the week's worth of preparation with Jacob Zeno as a as the head guy, you would think that we come out that game and we win it, but I think that game kind of really dampened a lot um, right there. But just to come out and see against UTSA that fight like that, like I didn't expect for us to be I, – I started thinking that we can win that game. Then when we got to overtime, I'm like, man, we, we can probably win, you know, and mm-hmm. then, uh, defense couldn't get that stop in, in overtime. But um, – and then just to go and smash North Texas, even – Having that amount of uh, control on offense against LSU and, um, like, the way we played the second half of the season, I think that really speaks to his growth. So I know, you know, some fans, no matter how you feel, and I've I've definitely been critical, but you have to look at the context and see that this man has grown and that the players love him, and you have to really take that in. And and also, too, real quick on that, Darian, like, and and we've kind of elaborated this a few episodes ago, but – I mean, you got to, like, on BV's perspective, like, you are being thrown in as a head coach. You know, you've been a coordinator for how long? Like, and all of a sudden, your guy, your head coach is basically passing the baton off to you. And you've got, what, a month or two to hurry up and <laughs> figure out, you know, how to be a a real big-time head coach. And, you know, at a program that you help, you know, build. And, right, you help set the expectations at UAB to be a championship program year in and year out. Yes, being a coordinator and being a head coach are two different things. Mm-hmm. And I think I think one thing that probably I've seen head guys, it's possible, you know, for head guys to, you know, lead the offense and call the plays or whatever. I do think it would have been beneficial for him to leave that role alone this year because he has so much to learn and manage Yes, a head coach. And I think that probably was a little understated. I have listened to podcasts and I have heard other head guys um, talk about the experience um, of, you know, being a head coach, being the guy going from coordinator to head coach and they, all the things you have to deal with. It's another beast. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that's going into Justin Fuente. You know, I, I listened to him on the Doug Gottlieb show. And he talked about that. And, um, you know, he talked about his shortcomings at Virginia Tech and how he was able to be, uh, build Memphis. Now, I know Justin Fuente may not be popular with some people because of what happened at Virginia Tech. And, and there's been rumors of how things went down at Virginia Tech. Um, you know, and then you got like Hendon Hooker transferring down to Tennessee. You yeah. know, <laughs> he was at Tech. And a lot of the people at Tech are like, man, this guy destroyed the program. I I don't I don't think destroyed. I don't think he destroyed it, in my opinion. Um, I agree. I think he I think he made mistakes. Um I think it's some things that he he would say he said that he could have did differently. Um, but I'm looking at his time at Memphis and how he built Memphis into what Memphis is now mm-hmm. and um, how he was able to recruit that area so he has ties to the South and is a is an AAC program. Um, and I think if you take what he did at Memphis and apply it to UAB, I think we have a better recruiting area. Um you know, we have a lot more to – we have tons more to to uh, build off of with our facilities and the stadium than what he had at Memphis. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not close to what the starting spot would be. And then being, being in the AAC, getting more money. Um, 
He's familiar with Southern ties, Southern ties, and he's proven that he can build a similar program. It makes a lot of sense, and he he he's kind of still of a attractive name out there, like a a notified. Like you can you you will know people know who he is, you know. Yes. So, what you think about that? No, yeah, I, I like Fuente. Like, um, so. Well, as you just stated, uh, I, I, we don't know exactly 100% what went on at Virginia Tech, but I mean, let's face it, like, he was replacing a legend at Virginia Tech, Frank Beamer, that helped build that program to what it was, taking it in multiple conferences, you know, to the Big East and into the ACC. Frank Beamer, I mean, he, he you know, he's going to go down as one of the best coaches in college football history. Now, that being said, you know, I'm sure if you ask Fuente, you know, I'm sure he would admit that he made some mistakes and whether that was changing the, the culture like 180 degrees from what Frank Beamer had it, uh, you know, maybe he shouldn't have done that so quickly. Um, and maybe that kind of did him, I guess, eventually in at Virginia Tech. But I mean, the new guy's not doing so hot either at uh, Virginia Tech. So I, I just think you know, take away Frank Beamer. I mean, what else does Virginia Tech have? Like, I mean, it's in Blacksburg, Virginia. It's kind of a tough place uh, to recruit. Uh, you know, you've got Virginia, you've got the North Carolina, the Carolina schools. You've got so many talented programs in that area where it's kind of, you know, and then you've got Maryland and D.C. Like, it's it's not the easiest place to recruit to, but, yeah, I, I don't know how you let Hendon Hooker uh, get away, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I would like to hear that story guy. one day. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Hooker would have stayed, I, I can guarantee you, he Fuente would probably still be at Virginia Tech. Um, but let's, you know, so I'd be fine with Fuente, um, but let's get into Tyson Hilton. So <clears throat> obviously this is a uh, name UAB fans should be familiar with. You know, at Western Kentucky, he's been there a few years now. Um, obviously, you know, UAB played uh, Clay Helton at Georgia Southern. Um, but Tyson Helton, if you give him the resources that UAB has compared to what he's had at Western Kentucky, and this is not a slight at all to WKU. I know we have a couple of WKU fans that listen to us. I don't know if they listen every week, but they listen in and out sometimes. But, I mean, WKU's hanging around in Conference USA. UAB is moving up to the AAC. So UABA will be able to offer more money than WKU does. They have better facilities than WKU does. I mean, if – Helton can come in and bring the right OC in with him, then it can work because he's already shown, shown that he can recruit the transfer portal these last few years. Um, but yeah, he's going to have to bring a good coordinator in. And Darren, I'll, I'll let you kind of expand on this because we were talking earlier. Um, I believe you said something about how he's going to have to get better about was it high school talent and developing high school talent? No, I'll let you get into that because I mean I agree with you. Well, I was I was saying like not because as a developer, I you know he was uh I'm I'm gonna be biased on this one. I, I played you know for Coach Hill. You know he was a coach here. UAB was a quarterbacks coach, and he had Brian Ellis as his quarterback, and Brian Ellis was a fantastic quarterback. Uh, I've seen what he's been able to do with him and, and what he was able to do with Joel, you know, what he was uh, able to do with a lot of quarterbacks. You know, we had Jonathan Perry coming in in my senior year, and he was young, and he developed him. He helped him to develop a lot, you know. Um, so I know he's a good developer, and we've seen at Western Kentucky that he can – he can. he's a, a great 
portal guy. Like he can bring in instant talent. And he he was doing that at Western Kentucky. You know he can do that in Birmingham. You know, he has Birmingham ties, you know, Tyson Summers, his defensive coordinator. He was a safeties coach while I saw I played for him. They're very cool. They're, I mean, these guys are very likable. They're very personable. You know, uh, they're good guys at the core. They have good families. Um, you know, Kim Hilton, their father, he was an offensive coordinator at UAB under Callaway. And, um, you know, you, of course, you have Clay Hilton at, at Georgia Southern. You know, you got Brian Ellis, the guy that was his quarterback, sitting right there with the Birmingham ties. You know, it, it's kind of <laughs> they they know Birmingham. You know, right. they stayed here for a while. They've recruited in this area. They were able to recruit um, in this area when when it wasn't UAB wasn't attractive. And I can tell mm-hmm. you when I was on campus because I hosted a lot of these recruits. We did bring like four star guys on campus, and guess what? They actually liked it. They they liked the vibe of the team or whatever. But at the end of the day, and when we talked, they said, "Man, I can't commit here because of the facilities." I have been yep. told that by big time recruits myself, and this is not something that you just hear in a rumor. They told me straight to my face, you know. But they really love mm-hmm. the vibe of the team, and they like they like the coaches. We just didn't have anything outside of that to offer them, and I agree with them, you know. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, Tyson is a guy that I believe he's shown what he can do at Western. I'm gonna be biased. I know him as a person. I know I know Brian Ellis. I know I know he's I know Brian Ellis is with George and Southern, but it's just a little a little you know uh, hope. I guess, uh, that he would bring him with him. And then, you know, I think he'd have to prove that he can he can recruit the high school guys. You know, we've seen what he can do with the portal, you know. But, um, you know, would he be able to go get those high school guys, that talent? I think BB was doing a good job this year with recruiting high school and getting some good talent. We got some good bookends coming in, and hopefully those guys stay committed if BB isn't retained. So, um, yeah, man, I think, I like Tyson. Of course, I'm bi- I'm biased, but he's proven what he's he can do at Western with yeah. with with without the resources. So, and he's proven what he can do in the portal. So, it, that'll be a very very solid hire. Definitely. Well, I'm sure we're missing another name, but I, I oh wanna... my personal favorite. What's that, Mr. Kurt Signetti? Oh, James Madison's head coach. James Madison, you. This is why this guy is like one of my personal favorites. If yeah, sell we, me, on, sell me on him. Sell me if, on him. If we don't like, just I encourage people to go look up his resume. You know, th- this guy has been. Uh, hold on, hold on. I have a kid that's knocking on the door. <laughs> but yeah, we, I have been able to um, look up his resume, and this guy has been a winner in a program builder. Everywhere he's been, everywhere, like it follows him. He's he's taken on difficult jobs and he's turned them around. Look at what he's doing at James Madison right now. Those guys made the jump and they are competing. They are. If they didn't get hit with the injury bug, I think they'll be in the line in the running for a championship a game. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys like so he coached down in uh, at Alabama as a receivers coach. Um, so he's coached the Julio was that 07 through two, uh 2010. He's coached mm-hmm. under state. He, he's been in this area now. He's a Midwest Pennsylvania guy. So a lot of his jobs are in that area, but he's been down south and he's won before. 
He's 61 years old. So he's in like in that prime sweet spot as a head coach to where that that that's not to me. If you're 61 and you take on a new job, I don't think mm-hmm. you're going to be looking for too many other jobs after that. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to be looking to see at 66 where you can go. You know, I don't I just don't think you will. I think you're going to if you can build something good at, with the resources you have, I think you're going to ride that thing out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I know Mark, um, Coach In- I mean, A.D. Ingram talked about head coaching experience. This dude has tons of it. Yeah, he does. He has tons. And he comes from a football family. His his father is Frank, Frank Signetti that was um, coached in West Virginia. He coached all over. So he is he has had football all his life has been in it. He's been in collegiate football in some in some way, form, fashion. He um he's very poised. He knows how to build programs. He's done it all over. He knows how to recruit. He knows how to develop quarterbacks. Look at the numbers. Look at the places he's co- look at the play. Look at the jobs he's taken. He's taken some bad jobs and turned them into championship contenders. Mm-hmm. So I'm. When when I looked at his resume, I looked at his age, I looked at where he's been, I looked at how he's been able to recruit, I looked at what he's been done with uh, quarterbacks, I looked at his defenses. I'm like, this dude would be a home run, you know, based on what we're looking for. I so he's my personal favorite. I don't know if he would want to leave leave that Pennsylvania region because that's just where he's from and that's what he does, but. Man, if we could get somebody like that with all that tons of experience as a head coach and a program builder and winning, I don't hey. think it really asks for more. Nice. I mean, I'm sold. Uh, one more name to throw in uh, that hasn't been talked about a lot is uh, Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, hey, we almost had him one time, though, believe it or not. I, hey, you can't say this about Jimbo. Jimbo, that's that's name recognition, man. Hey, exactly. That's that's well, name. Now Texas A and M would have to pony up a hell of a lot of money ooh, for a buyout. So. It was like nine, 90 man, million dollars. Yeah. It's the, like, come on, man. Like that's I don't think <laughs> you, you at least got to ride it out. But one thing we know about Jimbo, he he has name recognition and he can recruit his tail off. So. If you can at a program like UAB, if you can recruit and bring in some big time players, that's just that's seventy five percent of the job right there. You done brought in the talent. You can out talent a lot of people. Exactly. So, um, I mean, I guess one more serious name that people have thrown around is uh, Neil Brown at West Virginia. You know, he coached at Troy for a few years, but I'm just not exactly sure that WVU is going to make the move on him. I think they want to wait at least another year. Um, but I've, I've heard that name. You know. From fans, you know, throwing his name around, uh, but been really it was really successful at Troy, and I mean, you know, Summerall's got that going again. Uh, where this year, shoot, they might make the uh, Sun Belt Championship uh, this year. So Troy, right. tough tough place to win, but he did it consistently. Um, but I think that's about it uh, for all the names as of now, and I'm sure, um, and maybe it's somebody on the list that we mentioned. Maybe it's somebody that we just, you know, didn't mention. Yeah, um, maybe it's some, like like you know, um, Charlotte went with uh, Biff. Oh yeah, you know from Michigan. Uh, so I don't. I personally do not want to go down the coordinator route. You know, I don't want to do that. Um, 
I mean, if that's the case, I just let's stay with BB and give him another year to do his thing. Honestly, I don't want to. I agree. I, I want to, you know, a head coach, a guy that's 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 done that, that's got that experience. I like, I like, I don't think I haven't seen any smoke about him, so we didn't mention him. But I like um, Womack down at South Alabama, what he's been able to do with that program, and yeah, he's know. done a good job. Yeah, and he of of course he knows the area. Um, he's in South, and we recruit in that area a ton. Um, so, you know, I think he's he he would be a good guy to uh, look at. He's young. He'll be a good guy to look at. Uh, but you know, I I do think BB deserves he he deserves consideration because of his growth. And 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 another thing, one more thing I want to address is like for anybody that think this is like disrespectful for us to be talking about. This while BB is coaching, well, don't people don't need to be talking about it. Period. Then the the freaking AD talks about it. Exactly, and has been open about it since before the season yes. even started. So, yes, it's it's a sign of respect. To I'm not gonna act like I'm not talking about it. If I'm if I'm a friend, if I'm your friend, John, I'm not gonna go behind your back and be like, man, oh, John shouldn't be hired at this job. I really don't have any confidence. And, you know, you know, just talk noise mm-hmm. about you and then come in your face and just like, oh, man, hey, no. no. You, show some, you tell somebody respectfully, like, you know, hey, this is what's going on. This is why, you know, and that's that's how you show people respect. So if they have any questions on how you feel, anything you can respectfully, you know, tell them to their face if you re- if you really respect them as a man. And um, exactly. that's what you should do. That's the right way to do it. 100% agree. Well, all right, guys. Well, we will be back uh, next time to recap what happens down in Ruston against the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. But without further ado, we will go ahead and roll our interview that we have with Evan Spencer. Go Blazers. Go Blazers. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory Podcast, where we are pleased to be joined by Evan Spencer of Go Tech, Please Don't Die, and also Bleed Tech Blue. Evan, welcome back to the show again this year, bud. We had you on last year, and you did such a great job. You know, we want to <laughs> have you on again this year. Hey, man, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. And before we get started, guys, if you are not following Evan on Twitter, go ahead and give him a follow at Evan R. Spencer. And also go ahead and give Go Tech, Please Don't Die a follow on Twitter, and that is at Go Tech PLS. D N T D I E. So Evan, let's just let's just uh, get right into it. What has gone wrong with Louisiana Tech <laughs> this year? I mean, I know there's a coaching change, you know, with Sonny Combe coming in. So obviously, you've got a whole different, you know, offensive philosophy, you know, from what Skip Holtz had at the last, you know, five or six years, however long he was there. But I mean, is that the only reason why this team seems to just struggle? Because on paper, they've been in a bunch of their ball games. It just Hasn't seemed to have gone their way. Hey, John just skipped all formalities. He was like, "Hey, yeah, why do you guys?" <laughs> I figured we'd just get into it. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, honestly, honestly, that's fair. And I think, uh, I think a big part of you know what's gone wrong with this season for me personally is uh, the fact that I allowed myself to have high expectations or or any expectations at all for success mm. um, in year one of a totally new system, new coach. You know, with big questions at the quarterback position coming into the season, um, you know, what what ended up being big questions at the defense, a lot of defensive positions like defensive line, 
Um, you know, the secondary has been, I think, better than anticipated, but that's about the only unit you could say that for on the entire team. Um, so I, I think it's just been a lot of, you know, there's been growing pains from the new coach, certainly, but, um, you know, the injury bug, the fact that, you know, we're, we're dealing with the sort of transition period where you still got a lot of skip guys and you don't have a lot of combi guys. Right. But, um, you know, it's uh, at the end of the day, we could be sitting here looking at a at a bowl eligibility bash here. But, you know, we've lost a, a bunch of games that uh, that we probably should have won. And um, yeah, I, I guess that's where I'm at right now. I mean, we're we're just a bad football team and it kind of sucks because you can see flashes of a good football team in there occasionally, but just not good enough to get it done for for 60 minutes. But uh, what was the reason for the optimism in the, be- the beginning of the year? Oh, you know, just <laughs> just being a fan, right? I mean, right. Um, you know, you if if you're a tech fan, um, as I am from from when I went to school about ten to twelve years ago during the Sonny Dykes era, you know, I I got to experience this high octane offense, and then we went to Skip Holtz, who's a lot more conservative in certain ways, and um, you know, that won us a lot of football games. You know, had us in the conversation for really his entire run um, until till last year. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think like hearing, Oh, this new coach is like an air raid guy. He's a, you know, he comes from the Mike Leach coaching trees, like been at Texas tech and TCU doing great things with the offense. So you just automatically think like, okay, we're going to get that year one. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, we've seen a, a few stretches of that and it has, it's not like we've been terrible offensively. I think if you look at most of the, like, stats whether advanced or or um you know standard stats we're pretty much middle of the pack in fbs in a lot of those categories um but you know it's just a consistency and you know you'll do something like throw four interceptions against south alabama and just get smoked by them on the road right and then the you know then you have your bye week you come back and you beat the hell out of utep (laughs) <laughs> and then you lose to FIU in double overtime. You know, like it, it's just one of those years where, like, I think the optimism was just because we talked ourselves into it. But then you really have seen stretches of football where, you know, you could buy like, hey, this might be a seven and five team at the end of the year. Um, and then you've seen stretches where it's like, mm, man, we might be lucky to have three wins. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. Well. I was going to say, Darren, like, you know, I'm sure we have a lot of Louisiana Tech uh, fans listening in. UAB had extremely high expectations, you know, heading into this year. And, you know, UAB <laughs> fell short of those expectations. So we definitely, you know, can sympathize uh, with uh, Louisiana Tech fans. Uh, and and also, it seems kind of weird, though, too, that, you know, part of the reason why I think Louisiana Tech has struggled as well is just they've been bitten by the injury bug, you know, especially at the quarterback position. And I know Liddy is, uh, you know, he is going to be a great quarterback in the future for Louisiana Tech, but having him kind of thrown into the fire. And I mean, it's kind of just like, you know, Darian, how we kind of had to throw uh, Jacob Zeno into the fire, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And then, and then also with that, I'm hearing it's a, is a, a, a tale of cautionary for, you know, UAB fans, because I, I know a lot of times we get upset at the conservative play style um, that we tend to do a lot, you know, run the ball, good defense, you know, play action. But, you know, just hearing Evan say like, hey, the optimism seems to, it seemed to come from 
hey, we got this air raid guy. We're going to open it up. But yeah, we tired of the conservatism, right? And um, it's just a little tale of caution right there. Say, hey, man, it's still football. You still have yeah. to execute. And you have to hopefully remain healthy for the season to have the players to execute. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and John, you mentioned Landry Liddy is going to be a great quarterback. I, I think that's where we're kind of at right now is like, yeah, he's he's going to be great. We can see that he's, you know, he's got a higher completion percentage uh, than Parker McNeil, the next, you know, the the original sort of starter for most of the season, uh, 10 percent higher uh, than McNeil on completions. But like. It's just not there yet in terms of like making the right decision. He's a true freshman, right? He just turned 19 last Sunday. So like right. it's hard to criticize him. Uh, we we were debating ad nauseum on our show, like, oh, should should we just, you know, should we burn the red shirt? Should we not burn the red shirt? Then, uh, you know, you got into a situation where, like, okay, Landry Liddy's the only scholarship quarterback on the roster who's not oh, injured. Wow. Um, so we we better we better just burn the red shirt. And, um, you know, I think that's good because he'll be he'll have more game reps going into next year where he should be sort of the guy. Um, but. <clears throat> yeah, it's certainly not there yet. I mean, he came into the Rice game. I don't know if y'all caught any of this, but mm-hmm. um, Parker McNeil got hurt early in the game. Uh, Matthew Downing, the second string guy, got hurt with like 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Um, and Liddy comes in and uh, my wife and I were in the stands and and Catherine has, uh, she's not, you know, super plugged into tech, but she had asked like, Hey, who's the third string quarterback? Cause this second string guy is not really getting it done. <laughs> and, uh, I said, Oh, it's this true freshman. He's supposed to be really good, but you know, he's a true freshman or whatever. And she was like, well, why don't they just put him in if he's better? And then he comes in and just drops like three straight dimes mm-hmm. to, to tie the ball game. Um, you know, basically as time expires and uh, ended up having one bad throw in that game, which was on the, two-point conversion when we went for the win instead of going for the tie uh there in overtime but yeah I mean he's I think he's going to be great and I think that he's shown some real some real like poise in the pocket he's shown that he's very accurate it's just sometimes with the decision making of like you know against against UTSA a couple weeks ago like just you know throwing the ball into triple coverage and it's like Eh, dude, you could have taken that sack or, you know, you could have just thrown it away at, at the guy's feet. But instead, you like basically gave them an easy tip drill. Um, but that, that's a game we didn't even recap on our show because it was so bad. We didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, I understand that. Um, but hey, also, Evan, though, what what doesn't help Liddy is, I mean, this offensive line looks like they've given up. Is it 29 sacks? Like, oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, is, is is that just inexperience or, or did they have injuries on up front or what what do you attest that offensive line play to because that so, does not sound good yeah so that's that's actually that's surprising that stat to me that 29 number um i think they've gotten a lot better lately so i don't have those numbers in front of me like game by game but if mm. if if we had that up like Liddy's only been sacked five times and he's been. Yeah, you're right. Cause I'm looking at McNeil was sacked 16 times. So if you take right. 16, it's only 13 since then. And so. some of that is, some of that is McNeil's play style. Like he, he really is a guy that's going to throw the ball downfield. So like he's for whatever reason, he's just not very accurate in that like zero to 20 yard window. He's much more accurate downfield. 
which is just strange. But um, so he holds the ball a little longer and he's not super mobile um, in the pocket. So it doesn't surprise me to see that he got sacked a little more. But I know the like PFF numbers the last like three, four games have been really encouraging for the offensive line. And a lot of those guys are young and our, really our whole team is young. We've got like four uh, four starters on both sides of the ball that are seniors and, and won't be back next year. So, you know, I'm just talking myself into next season being optimistic again, I guess. <laughs> well, another good thing, though, is that you guys still have Smoke Harris. And I, I feel like Smoke Harris has been there for like four years now. I'm looking at he looks like he's a junior. I mean, it. It's great to see. It looks like he's got 61 catches, uh, five TDs. So it looks like Sonny Cumbie's kind of getting him more involved in the offense this year. Would you say that? Or Yeah. Uh, wh- one of the things that they've talked about a lot is, like, finding creative ways to get him involved. And that, I think, is where you've seen, like, that excitement about it being an air raid guy or a, or a you know, offensive guru type coach has, right. uh, has really paid off because they're doing things like – you know, running like the swinging gate play with Smoke Harris, like lining up with three offensive linemen out by the boundary and then, you know, running like a speed sweep to him. Uh, just just weird shit. You know, oh, sorry. I don't know if you curse on your show or not, but <laughs> it's uh, fine. Yeah, weird, it's okay. weird stuff that, uh, you know, that's like, oh, that's that's crazy. Like and it kind of worked. I mean, um, Smoke, I think this year has, you know, he's got 61 catches, leads the team. Um but he's also had a lot more drops. I think he's like doubled his drop number from the previous three years. So like he had nine drops coming into this season and he's had at least nine so far this season. So I don't know what's going on there, maybe an injury or something, but um, really Trey Harris has been our sort of go-to guy. Um, he had the number one play on sports center top 10 a couple weeks ago, just like a crazy one handed uh, catch. And uh, yeah, I mean, the passing game has been pretty good, honestly, uh, throughout the season. Like we put up yards against Clemson. We put up yards against Mizzou. It it just, you know, it's not like the passing game has been lacking. It's just, you know, there's there's just been a lot of inconsistency with the run game, especially, but then also with some play calling stuff, too. So a lot of like first year coach uh, growing pains, I think. Yeah, defensively, I heard you mention the D-line. What's been going on there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, we just – we don't have a a dude, if you will. Like, I don't know if y'all remember this, but that – was it the 2020 game, UAB uh, Tech? Yeah, because it was in Russell. Double overtime, yeah. Yeah, y'all were just running the ball, like, flattening us, running the ball in that second half. Like – I think he had like 200 yards in, in like a 15 minute span from like 10 minutes left in the third to 10 minutes left in the, in the mm-hmm. fourth. And uh, then Milton Williams just like decided that he was tired of it. And he, he literally just after like a routine stop, like started just like talking smack, like hitting himself on the helmet, like try, trying to hype up his guys. Right. And like, we just don't have, we don't have a guy on our team who's going to like, do that really like if you look at our sack numbers i mean yeah Jaden cole the the safety is leading the team with three and a half sacks like we don't have jalen ferguson right may he rest in peace Mm -hmm. like we don't we just don't have a a guy who's gonna you know cause disruption and uh you know that's really hurt especially like 
you know, when it comes to cycling guys into the secondary, and we've dealt with a lot of injuries back there as well, but you know, we've got a couple of really good corners, but then after that, it's not so great. So, you know, the fact that we're not really able to generate pressure um, as a team and as a defensive line, especially is, is really hurting our defense. Yeah. We, we really don't have um, the standout guy on defense as well. Right. We, but we play pretty good team defense. I wonder if there's something like is the play style of defense. Is it, conservative is it aggressive we play a conservative style that kind of works for us because we utilize the sum of our parts um is it just not enough guys on the defense overall to do that and and also just piggybacking on what darian said evan is it do you think it could attribute to the the offensive philosophy because you know you you tend to see Mm -hmm. a lot of air raid teams have a not so good you know i mean not not i guess that's a bad way to say but uh, an average defense, I guess. Like, you never see an air raid team have an elite defense, I guess. Right. In, in 2012, Tech had the number one offense in the nation, and uh, the defense was number whatever the last place team was that year. <laughs> we, we've added some FBS teams since then, but, like, 127 or whatever. Um, and it was simply because we were scoring touchdowns so fast, you know, that the defense could not, like, catch their breath, right? So I, I definitely know what you mean there. Um, to answer your question about the defensive philosophy, I think I think part of the problem is that I don't really know how to answer that question. Like it it just seems like at times we're completely lost in terms of, you know, like if you look back at that North Texas game, we allowed four hundred and seventy five yards of rushing. Yeah. Like just on the ground. And I, I was there in person and I still cannot tell you, you know, how <laughs> like how mad I was getting just like sitting there looking at like, okay, they're backed up to the seven yard line. Here comes a 93 yard touchdown. Oh, yep. There it is. Before mm-hmm. I can even finish the sentence. Like, it's just like, I don't know if the guys weren't in alignment. I don't know what, but um, you know, it, it feels like a lot of it is, is honestly like we just don't have the personnel. And so like um, my, my co-host on go tech, please don't die. Uh, Matt wants to like run the whole defensive coaching staff out of town after this first year. And, you know, I kind of give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and just say, like, you know, I don't I don't know <clears throat> what they had to work with really right. um, coming in. And, and we have dealt with a lot of injuries, but, you know, I think we'll run some blitzes. We'll but I mean, if we're looking at like keys to this game, y'all just need to run the football like you got the best running back in the country. Right. In terms of yards. Is that is that right? I think he's second now, but yeah, he's 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 definitely up there. Um, yeah, I mean, and and I think if I remember correctly, that game in 2020 that I mentioned is was kind of his. Uh, it's Dwayne McBride, right? His it was his coming. It Russell. was his it was his coming out party. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if I'm him, I'm like looking back at tape of that game and saying like I'm going to double that, <laughs> whatever he did in that game. <laughs> Jesus. Um, mm. I think he had like 200 yards. So please, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have two guys back there that can really, really tote the rock. But we have a quarterback that's, I feel like, that's really been coming on. Um, so I'm curious to see. I feel like uh, this is a rather opportuni- opportunistic game to, like, be able to sh- uh, show some of those chops. But with, I heard you say the offensive line has been coming on as of late. What about? Has the defense shown any any improvement as of late? Yeah, I think uh, if you look to our last 
win, uh, which mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, feels like forever ago, but it wasn't that long ago, actually. It was, t- you know, Middle Tennessee on November 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a back and forth game in the first half. And then in the third quarter, I think we forced four turnovers mm. and blocked a punt. Um, so, you know, we, we have some, like I said, we have some really good DBs. So if you're going to throw like a 50, 50 ball, um, miles Brooks, he doesn't have a ton of interceptions on the season, but he's got a lot of pass breakups. Um, he's a guy to, to really look out for, you know, I think in terms of, I, I personally think he needs another year. Um, but he could be the next like law tech mid round draft pick from that, um, defensive backfield. Um, you know, again, I, I would tell him to wait a year, but I also benefit from that, I guess. Um, and then Willie Roberts as well. Those guys both came in from SFA with our defensive coordinator. So they may have had a leg up kind of understanding his scheme. Um, but yeah, I think like that's, but that game, that middle Tennessee game, it's kind of hard to hold that up as an example. Cause it's kind of an anomaly, right? Then we went and got smoked by UTSA, which I think everyone expected, but this last game at Charlotte, you know, if the defense can force a couple turnovers, we're going to win that game pretty easily, but they just couldn't, they couldn't get it done. Um, and they allowed a, you know, some nobody to average 10 yards a carry. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And three touchdowns. (laughs) Golly. Yeah. Yeah. I never even heard of the guy before. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So basically at this point, like if you want to be known in CUSA as a running back, like just, circle LaTeX on your schedule and you'll, <laughs> you'll get it done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I had a question for y'all though. I'm seeing, you know, y'all are favored by like 17 and a half points or whatever, but uh, which isn't surprising. We're very bad and y'all seem like you're pretty good, but like with some inconsistency issues, I guess, but I'm looking here, you're five and six on the year and that's zero and five on the road. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that true? It's just like it's just like LaTeX. Yeah, uh, well, no, no, wait, wait, LaTeX won on the road once, didn't they? No, no, we are 0 and 7 on the road. We haven't won on the road oh, since North wow. Texas in 2020. Ooh. Yeah. Pretty rough. So, what's different like about y'all on the road? Man, Darren, do you want to take this or <laughs> uh, Well, I can say that a lot of the games early on that we played on the road. I feel like Brian Vincent, the interim head coach, I feel like he's grown over the years. We played a, a lot of our games uh, on the road early, and we had a lot of mistakes, especially Rice. That game was just ridiculous with penalties and turn whatever mistake you can think of, we did um, against Rice, and we basically gave them that game. And Liberty, we put the ball on the ground four times. You can't do that against a good team. Um, so he was, he's grown a lot. He's gotten a lot better over, uh, over time. And then when we lost to WKU, of course, Dylan went down, uh, starting quarterback. And then we had FAU and Dylan wasn't back again. But I still feel like that FAU game was probably one of the worst, worst games that we played this year. Even with Jacob Zeno playing, I feel like we should have won that game, but we had some, I just think that early on that we, you know, he was still young and he was making some as young as a head coach and he was still making some questionable calls. And then, uh, you know, we had Dylan go down. I think we would have I think we would have handed it to WKU and FAU with Dylan. But, uh, you know, so we've had the UTSA game and we've had North Texas and 
we had we've had a lot of those games at home and he's he has been so much better these last couple of games coaching like it's noticeable mm-hmm. so i just i just think the schedule didn't do him any favors honestly so i i, I go into this game with with confidence we're we're pretty healthy i mean at least we're we had we are healthy at quarterback which is the most important position um so I go into this one with confidence. Um, I don't expect those same silly mistakes that we did early on. And yeah, I mean, I think that's been one of the most frustrating things for us is that it, you know, like we we are more than willing to accept like some early season like gaffes by the first time head coach, right? He's he was interim coach at Texas Tech last year, uh, Sonny Cumbie, but you know, only for a few games, and you know, this is his first time like leading a program and. I think the problem that we're having is that some of this stuff is like, and maybe it hasn't gotten worse. It just feels like it's gotten worse because, you know, when you're losing to a program like FIU, when you're losing to a program like Charlotte and it's like, man, you know, why are we going for it on fourth and three from our own 35 when we're up four points in the third quarter? Like it just doesn't make sense, you know, like, and then, and then, and then he's scared. Like we didn't get that one. And so then in the fourth quarter, when we're up, three points and we're on plus territory, he decides to punt instead of go for it. And it's like, Mm. but this one was fourth and two. And if we get it, we almost certainly win the game. And like the one you went for before, even if we get it, we could end up punting three plays later anyway. So like, what's the, anyway, did this happen early in the year or that was, that was the FIU game on October 28th. So like later than you'd want it to. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, you certainly can't, say that the UTSA loss was anything other than like a total failure by everyone involved for us. But, you know, the Charlotte game, like, I don't know, to me, there's just not really much of an excuse you can make for losing to Charlotte. Like it's, it's Charlotte, you know, and, uh, you know, we just went out and, and we just didn't look good, you know, not good enough to win. So, um, I don't know if it's a preparation thing or what, but I guess my saving grace is that we're we're currently what three and one at home, right? Uh, so I, I guess that's something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and you know y'all are zero and five, so maybe these betters are all wrong, and we're gonna we're gonna pull it off. But yeah, hey, it's a possibility. We haven't proven that we can win on the road yet. So um, granted, though, none of those losses were by seven. It was all seven points or less. Like it wow. was all very close games, and a lot of those games we should have won. I just just think that you know interim. Well, coach. except for LSU, take out the LSU. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, take yeah. Minus that, that I kind of forgot about that game. Well, the first quarter I was kind of proud, but yeah, take out LSU. And Evan, I, I was just gonna say too, like for Louisiana Tech fans listening, Louisiana Tech is at home, where Evan just mentioned they're three and one at home. But you look at those three wins that La Tech has had at home: Middle Tennessee forced five turnovers, UTEP forced four turnovers. Stephen F. Austin forced three turnovers. And what UAB's gotten better as of late of not turning the ball over as much. But you look at the Liberty game early on in the year where UAB had four fumbles. Like, if you can force UAB into some kind of boneheaded mistakes, I mean, it would not surprise me to least. You know, because I, I personally think this is either going to be a blowout in UAB's favor or a straight-up LaTeX win. I don't think there's an in-between. I just I, I just want to know which team wants to show up for this ball game. Like, has La Tech already packed it in, you know, three and eight, whatever. Has UAB already packed it in? Yeah, there's a bowl game to play for. But, I mean, when you're used to competing for conference championships, I mean, 
is or are you you know is, is it the will to want to go to a bowl game i would think so but i mean you just don't ever know yeah yeah i mean um uh, I appreciate you saying that there's a chance we might win. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, you know, just judging y'all by, you know, what you're best at, which I, I'm, I think I'm safe in assuming is the run offense. Is that correct? Correct. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, I think, are we still dead last in run defense? Let me check real quick. No, we're 130 out of 131 now. So, there you go. <laughs> Let me hold my tongue there. We're not the worst. <laughs> We've been the worst all year until this week, though, I believe. So, um, yeah, Dwayne McBride's going to go for 200. Like, it, I just don't see how we're going to stop him. Um, you know, he's going to be back in that number one spot. You know, and I, I don't think our offense with Landry Liddy, um, you know, with the freshman sort of mistakes um, that he, he's been – you know, not necessarily like making all the time, but it's just he's not going to be good enough to to keep up. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm looking at y'all stats right now. I mean, years past, your defense was like top 10, but your offense was like 80th or 90th, I feel like. And now it's like, now you're, you're just kind of good at both. Like total offense number 36 and total defense number 46. Like, how have y'all lost so many games? That's what I'm wondering. Close, close. They all close games, minus LSU. Yeah. I mean, lose the UTSA in overtime. We actually went up in overtime, and we, you know, uh, yeah. yeah I, I watched the end of that one. Yeah, I mean, we we were a good team. We got a load. We have a really good personnel. It's just we yeah. had a young, young head coach, you know, and he was figuring it out. And I don't think that was just the best position for him. And but yeah, as of as of these, even even the first, I mean, we just couldn't personnel wise, we couldn't match up with LSU. Like yeah. you know, uh, our, def- yeah. our defense couldn't do nothing with their offense. But you know, I like what we did. On we we gave ourselves a chance in the first quarter, the first half. I felt like um, until we just lost the range due due to talent. But uh, yeah, he he still coached a pretty solid game. Like so, I'm curious to see in this game on the road. This is the last chance to prove that he can win on the road um i think he should be able to put it together because if i was latek i would just crowd the box and just say hey throw the ball but i think we can throw the ball down like we've proven that so yeah that's what i would do anyway yeah i mean honestly like run the ball till we show you that we're gonna stop you for less than like 10 yards honestly like because i don't know that we will you know, we've we've given up. We've had a couple of games this year where the average after the game was like 12 yards a carry, and it's like, how is this possible? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think uh, for me, I, I think y'all are gonna win something like I don't know, probably 34 to 10 or something. I think we're good enough to put some points on the board, but I just don't think it's gonna be a close game at all. Um, we're we're playing for next year. Um, y'all have that bowl bid on the table, so you at least have something in the locker room to say, like, hey, like y'all might get a trip to the Bahamas out of this, right? If we <laughs> win this game against this yeah. sorry program, you know, where there's going to be 12 people at the game suffering in cold, probably rain, who knows? Um, but I, I think, you know, nothing that I've seen from my team has, you know, inspired me to to try to pick them uh, here at this point in the year. 
having gone, let's see, one in five in our last our last uh, few games. So I guess y'all y'all haven't done too well in your last like five or one and four, but um, yeah, but you've been playing better teams than us. <laughs> well, uh, the guys over at GoTech, please don't die, including Evan, will be giving their official score prediction on their podcast. So uh, Blazer fans, definitely give GoTech, please don't die a listen. Evan, one more question before I let you go. So, you know, the USFL had their first season back this past oh, hell yeah. year. And how weird was it for you <laughs> to see Skip Holtz coaching the Birmingham Stallions and not only coaching the Birmingham Stallions, but leading them to a to USFL championship to a championship, right? What he, what what he could never world? do for us. <laughs> uh, well, I'll turn that around on you. How weird was it for you to have to cheer for uh, the hometown boy, Jamar Smith, <laughs> Adrian <laughs> yes. Hardy, you know, there were what, like six law tech players. There, there were UAB fans on Twitter who were mad every time they announced a new law tech signee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, it was so, so weird. Ha- I mean, worlds colliding, right? Like, I, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it was weird to, but you know, it was also fun and and good for our our Twitter shtick to be able to, you know, tweet out uh stuff about Skip in the middle of the summer. Um, you know, dust off the old meme folder. Yes. Um, <laughs> the old Dairy yeah. Queen ice cream meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they haven't been doing that at the games this year. Maybe that's the problem. We got to bring that back. There you uh, go. But yeah, um, and I, I want to say too. I mean, I know uh, I know Tech and UAB have have had beef in the past, and uh, the fan bases have kind of gotten a little rivalry going. But honestly, like y'all's fan base, is, I'm gonna miss right. Like I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna miss talking trash with you guys on Twitter and uh, and because uh, because y'all like there's there are some fan bases that don't get it, right? And y'all's fan base for the most part, seems to get it, right? Seems to understand that, like, hey, like, we're all here, like, supporting our teams, and it's cool. Um, there are some fan bases in this conference that I'm not going to miss, uh, one of which is already gone, and another of which is leaving with y'all. Um, Ooh, and, say them. Uh, say it. Say oh, it. Su- Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. of course. Southern yeah, Miss. Su- yes, thank you. <laughs> that, those people just do not – they're just not fun to talk to, man. Those it, mustard buzzards, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and then the other one is UTSA. They just uh, they just grind. They just I don't know. They just get under my skin in a way that's like not not good for them. It's just like they're just so annoying in their like. Like I like UTSA. Like the the, the fans. They they seem pretty. I, I like, will never cheer for them. Between straight up, they're leaving our <laughs> conference. I'll cheer. I'll cheer for y'all over them next year. Straight up. Wow. I'm being honest. <laughs> I just don't like them. I just don't like them. <laughs> well, Evan, if it, if if it, if it was up to me, I would uh, leave Rice and Conference USA and either bring Louisiana Tech or WKU up with us. Um, but for some yeah. reason, they thought Rice. I guess the money. But that's a reason they're bringing them up. But I, I feel like we don't ever see any Rice fans on Twitter. I don't think any <laughs> Rice fans, uh, except, except for the Roost. Except yeah, for the Roost. Except yeah. for the Roost. Shout it's out to Shout out to <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get, get some no, of this intellectual think, brutality. Uh, I think the ideal thing would have been for us and Western to go instead of Charlotte and uh, and uh, Rice, but you know they they went for they went for market size, um, which is exactly what CUSA did, which I find yeah. hilarious because that experiment definitely did not work for CUSA. <laughs> um, but 
you know, and then, and then obviously some programs that make sense. Like it obviously makes sense uh, for UTSA to go there on the rise. Um, in most things they're they're in that, they're in a very unique situation, which is like, they're the only college sports really in a huge city. Like San Antonio is huge. Yeah. It it's is. like a top 10 city in the country or something like that. So, and I, and obviously y'all make sense as well. I'm not, you know, I'm not blind to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that that was not a fun uh, few months last year when uh, all that was unfolding. Um, but you know, we'll make do with what we got, and uh, we'll go three and nine next year in our new crappy <laughs> conference instead of this, you know, current crappy one. So it's all good. <laughs> hey, well, you, you've got Liberty coming in. Yeah, that's true. Liberty will go win five straight conference titles and then get invited <laughs> to the Big 12 or something like that. So uh, Would not surprise me at all. <laughs> well, Evan, it's been a pleasure again this year. Um, you know, going to miss playing you guys. Hopefully UAB and LaTeX can work out something in the future to keep playing. Um, oh, yeah, but, especially in basketball. So Yes, I no think, doubt. I think mid-majors got to stick together in basketball for sure. So Yeah, true. Um, although, well, I guess this is Jelly Walker's last year, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll 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 go pro after this. Yeah. Get that guy out of here, man. <laughs> well, I'm just glad Lofton's gone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're we're all proud of. I think I hope you guys are proud of him too, man. The pride. Oh yeah. Him. Hey, I loved watching with the him Grizz, play. Yes. with the Grizzlies. Yeah, he he put yeah. in work. I I like especially this preseason. He was he was going to town. He is dominating the G League right now. We're actually, <laughs> my wife and I are actually hoping um, that uh, that he. Well, we're not hoping that he doesn't get called up, but he's he'll be playing like 30 minutes from where we live uh, on December 10th if he doesn't get called up. Oh, that'd uh, be nice. So and we're and like courtside seats are like 20 bucks. So we would for for the G League. Um, so we would love to see that, but you know, uh, hopefully he'll get called up to the Grizzlies and uh, actually get some minutes this time. But anyway, um, yeah, basketball season should be fun. Uh, we're playing right now, but. Um, and I guess y'all were playing right now too. We got the dub. Yeah, we already got the dub. Nice, nice. So, yeah, we lost to ULL last week, but beating ULM yeah. right now. So we'll get there. One. You go. Yeah. Anyway, um, th- thanks for having me on, guys. Of course, no problem. Yeah. And hey, Darren, you want to go ahead and close us out, buddy? Blazer Nation, let's ride.